If you missed it live, catch the broadcast on kaya959.co.za. Thanks so much for staying with us. It's a minute after nine o'clock. As I said, just after nine o'clock, we usually do this on a Monday. We have a look at what we're calling the road to 2024 elections. Um, have a look at various political parties, movements, and so that we can assist you with your decision when it comes to that day when you look at your ballot paper. And we have in studio with us today, former mayor. Um, and I did make a mistake earlier. Of course, he was a DA former member, uh, former mayor. And uh, his name is Bongani Baloi. Many of you will know him. Quite a successful mayor, actually. And uh, he is now the leader of Shuluba. Uh, thank you so much for being here with us. Good evening and welcome. Good evening. Thank you for having me on your show. I'm surprised. I, I didn't know it's already almost a year since you left. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sure, how it's time been flies. a year. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, how time has it felt like it was quick for you? I mean, no, that it has. entire it felt, year. It felt so short. Um, I can just remember um, deciding that you know, let's 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 do this thing. And now we've been doing it, and now we almost uh, two weeks ahead uh, away mm-hmm. from the the final uh, key mark for us. I think I'm excited, and it's been a very short time. And so. I mean, I, do, I know you don't have a manifesto out yet. Not yet. But but some of the the issues that you speak to, I think I think we can drill down into. Absolutely. Um, one is is the, your land policy, mm. which I think is interesting. Mm. Talk to us about your land policy. You want the land to go back to its rightful guardians, as Correct. you call them. Which land are you talking about? Well, before there was um, the Land Act and the various other things, the land belong to Amakos, which are the custodians mm-hmm. of land in the country. Mm-hmm. And we believe what the land must go back to Amakos as the custodian. When we speak land in the main, we speak three things as Shiloba. Mm-hmm. Land means what is beneath, which is the minerals, mm-hmm. what is on top, mm-hmm. uh, and also the laws that govern what is beneath and what is on top. Mm-hmm. So when we speak land, we speak those three things. So we firmly believe that land was taken from Amakosi mm-hmm. and land must go back to Amakos as the custodian of land. You believe the current Amakosis, who are still, in a way, some mm. guardians of land, are yeah. doing a good job? Look, uh, what is a, a fact for us is that um, since Amakosi lost land, and part of the re- and, and, and the consequence of losing land is that the institution of Amakosi lost value and lost development over the years. So when you consider the institution of Amakosi today, unfortunately, you must also consider what has happened over the period of time. And it's also been a function of the current government, which by default on end design, uh, it was intentional. Amakosi must lose power and lose land. When you lose land, you lose economic power as well. Uh, At this point in time, Amakosi, except for some uh, provinces, have real power. Ingonyama Trust is a case in point. Yes, I was going to and there's others as well which have real power to administer affairs of their land. So we believe that the Republic of South Africa is not an adequate um, uh, custodian in this case. Mm-hmm. And we believe that uh, we still need to develop institutions Amakosi. And I mean, for us it's important because these are institutions that our forefathers and grandfathers were part of. Mm-hmm. And because of colonialization and various other things, we lost value. Mm-hmm. But equally because of politicians who then created a power source outside of Amakosi by mm-hmm. intention mm-hmm. because then you 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 dilute their power mm-hmm. and the power rests only in politicians and not in traditional uh, leaders and let's then talk about those who do have the power 
how they've actually exercised that power? You think it has been equitable to mm. to the people, what we would call subjects, I suppose, or people yeah. that they are, I suppose, uh, the guardians of this land, the people that are supposed to be also beneficiaries of yeah. the minerals, both, as you said, above and, and mm. above land, below and above land. Look, we believe that there's been um, good parts and there's been bad parts as well. Uh, because some people uh, share their their story of how they they lost parcels of land and uh, were removed by Makosi and one thing or the other. And we think a consequence of lack of development of the institution of Makosi has actually brought us to a stage where we did not develop it adequately to so it dovetails with the law of the day to day. So there's sufficient uh, um, the sufficient uh, mechanisms to ensure that you can't it can't be abused that women can have equitable and just access to land as well. So we firmly believe that uh, we need to. Do a lot in terms of mm. ensuring that you build a new what we call um, a blended democracy. Mm. So we actually need to rework what our constitution has brought us today to ensure that there's just uh, access to land, but equally that Amakosi are the custodians of land in this country. So we believe that there's been instances where people complain, there's been instances of various uh, things happening, but I mean, separate the issue of the minerals as well. The minerals yes, have been a, a very that. interesting part because yeah. um, there, there's, there's, there's a strange thing happening where uh, there's a, there's a part of minerals beneficiation where people want to explore rights or mm-hmm. uh, get a mining right where they say there's community beneficiation. Mm. Oftentimes people claim it's Amakose, sometimes they say it's a community trust and you're never quite sure who this thing belongs to mm-hmm. because Amakosi end up signing a, mm-hmm. a, a thing on their behalf but not really understanding what their intent and purpose is and you find that somewhere it, the money is going somewhere but not to them and there's minimal but beneficiation. It does go to them. Absolutely. Sometimes it does go to them. Absolutely. absolutely. And they sign knowing that. But there's also instances where yes. there's there's yeah. also abuse and intention yeah. and the and and, and uh, the the I mean the abuse of of, yes. of for those who will gain. Look, I mean it's always relative, right? To your Correct. point about development, if mm. if even if the person is aware that what they're doing is wrong, they probably don't know to what extent they could have actually been a proper representative Mm. of of the people, uh, a proper guardian. In Mm. other words, that they get given, what, 30,000 rands as opposed to 3 billion Mm. rand. You know, it's Mm. relative because they wouldn't know better sometimes. But but I still go back to the point in saying, I mean... Had we not had we not lost the time in I mean in 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 developing the institution of of Amakosi, it would have been fire as a country. This is what we argue strongly because there's no gap, there's no there's no um, a, a, a final protector between politicians and people. Mm-hmm. And we've seen what has happened when Amakosi lost power and politicians have absolute power. There hasn't been any anyone saying, but what about our people? And the and the the worst part with our, with our Amakosi is that they've also been seen as beneficiaries of of the current government as well which yes. has worsened to yes. the people because people saying we are you we are your subjects but we are suffering you're not fighting for our case instead yeah. you are collaborating with these others so while we recognize the importance of amakosi we're also calling for amakosi to say you, you there's an existential crisis a crisis now if mm-hmm. we don't fix it in this term we believe mm-hmm. that the, rele- the the relevance of amakosi is actually going to weather down far worse because it, it, there won't be any benefit there won't be any relevance events if we don't if we don't protect it if, if we don't do something about it and it doesn't help the fact that the state of Amakosi has been in uh, and, and I'll call it in a state of disrepair mm-hmm. so if you look at what's happening
happening with the vendor uh, uh, mm-hmm. issue, what's happening with the, the issue of uh, um, the, the, the Zulu monarch mm-hmm. as well, and a few others as well. Mm-hmm. So it has become monarchs mm. which have no economic value and Absolutely. benefit for the people. But, but we still recognize the importance of it that we need to yeah. do something about it. Well, I mean, that, that would change. We would have to look at the entire constitution, mm. right, for that. Is that. Is that what you're proposing? Absolutely. Mm. We, we believe that we've got a beautiful constitution, as people say, mm. but the constitution that we have does not really speak to the land of our of our forefathers. Mm. And I've got a real problem with that because there's a land of jurisdiction and yet in, in South Africa the land is based on on, uh, on 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 Roman, Dutch and English law. Mm-hmm. What, what about the laws of your people who look like me and you? Mm. So, but And we are in South Africa. So, so the beauty of this constitution that is heralded so much mm. has actually left people, mm. black people without essence mm-hmm. because we've robbed of the, th- of the things that make us who we are and that are important to us mm-hmm. uh, to, to, to a situation where anything happens where the value of the things that we matter actually are watered down mm-hmm. so so what what you find is that Mundom Yam in the situation that we're in is, the, is, is vulnerable there's nothing that protects the things that are important to us in fact to the contrary uh, the, the things that are important to us is a thing that we really don't care about so we are adopting anything we're assimilating anything and the worst thing you could do as, as, a, as a people is, is walk away from things that define who you are and make you who you are mm-hmm. at, the, at, the, at, the, at the prospect of, of, of learning or assimilating mm-hmm. American, art, 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 I mean, American culture, uh, British culture and all these other things. Mm-hmm. And the other part, the, the nice irony, I always say nice irony, is that we can have this conversation and we're having it in English mm-hmm. and we're supposed to have now in different languages <laughs> but we're still saying to the point where the problem is that we still accept uh, uh, um, uh, uh, assimilation all the time. We mm-hmm. always want to be assimilate into a culture and living what is ours. And we are saying, but let's do it back. Let's actually go back to who we are, mm-hmm. speak about the things that are important to us because then we'll get to the real core of the essence of black people, mm-hmm. the things that are important to us that we protect the things that are important for us and build our, our values on a, on a value that is important to us as black people. Let's talk about who, who qualifies to be in your party. Mm. in your movement mm. you you speak of some really interesting concepts mm. of the kind of leader that you want to to be to have a minimum a, yeah. a qualification education qualification just talk to us about that well firstly um what underpins um our 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 party is obviously we say ubuntu but we also say meritocracy mm-hmm. now meritocracy is another interesting concept mm. so meritocracy does not exist in any political party at this day some claim it does, but it does not exist. So how do you become a leader in any political party? You must go and contest. So I can get some thousand people, pay them from uh, uh, Mr. Rupert and others as well. Uh, they pay and I pay my people money and I'm elected as leader. So in that process, there is no, there's, there's no, uh, uh, there's no test. Yeah. There's no filter. How do you, the, how do you become the leader? Just because you got the most people to say that you are the most uh, you are the most popular person yeah. to be elected, with no proof that you've done anything, mm-hmm. which is materialized in something good in in, in a position that you lead mm-hmm. that uh, benefits society. So we are saying we're not going to be that party that actually creates uh, instability, that creates interest of business to come and buy uh, uh, po- uh, positions and get in, in and, and, and 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 allow for the for the people 
people that have been bought to go and lead and then serve an outside party. Mm. So we are saying we are a party which is going to follow true meritocracy. Mm-hmm. Uh, young people, we are, we, in fact, we are we're, we're really appealing to young people mm. who have not been in politics before, <laughs> who it's their first time. As There are those who have these tendencies and that's why we, we, we are growing as gradually as we are and, but well at the same time because we are saying young people not experienced who are keen and willing to work towards building and the difficulty here is that we must do what I did when I was in Mid Valley. So, so in here you must be able to get into government and go and serve. And when you serve, it must be out of a positive consequence and positive impact. So we're driving a different politics. You don't ascend in the party on the basis of popularity. You only ascend by delivery in public. Mm. So we, we're changing the, this entire thing. That's why people, some come so excited. And when I speak up mm. about meritocracy, this thing is not for us. We are too young. I mean, we are too old to wait for this sort of thing. That we must start at the bottom and, and work our way up. And, and the thing about the qualification? Oh, it's important. You you got to lead. Um, the the commitment we've made is that there has to be a minimum standard. Uh, in 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 KZN, uh, that the I mean, the, uh, I think almost more than a quarter of the people, or uh, yeah, I mean, a, a very healthy number cannot read, and they manage a, a sizable budgets. That's why because when you can't get when you can't win with uh, arguments then you're in this thing because there's nothing else to use to be able to contest and, and engage ideas uh, but at the same time the state of our politics is a consequence of the capacity of those who lead those positions so we are saying there'll be minimum uh, levels for all positions mm-hmm. and it's important that when you're saying you're the leader of the party you must have a post-metric qualification and must be able to display now I must pursue because I've done my degree but my Go, 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 go my, uh, my, my, my master's uh, by the end of the, the I mean by, by um, the first uh, quarter, uh, sorry not the first term of, of our term because we believe we will be in parliament mm-hmm. and we'll believe in a few legislatures as well. So it's something for us to aspire to and work towards and show that politics can change. So let's talk about your ideas of reshaping government. You are saying you, you want to revisit the the mm. three spheres of government idea. You want to split it mm. into two, perhaps national yeah. and, and local government. Absolutely. Flash it out for us. Look, the first thing for us is, one, we need uh, to look at this, the, 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 the executive of the country. Mm-hmm. We believe cabinet is, is too top heavy, so we must reduce cabinet into mm-hmm. a size that we'll speak to when we get, when you launch our posi- when I launch our manifesto. Well, how, how will that be? Through the kind of, the number of ministries? Correct. Or, or, okay. So we need to reduce down from the ones uh, to under uh, 20 ministries. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a bare, as a maximum will be about two. Mm-hmm. And then next we're saying the three spheres of government needs to change. You've got national, province, and local municipalities. And you find that there's been no actually benefit to all of this. There's there's a sphere that has the money, has the capacity, but not reaching the the field. I mean, not reaching the, mo- the ones who need it the most. And we followed the example that um, um, uh, Kenya followed. Yes, called Kenya the, correct. The, so they went from newish, three. Yes, correct. To two now. Yes, yeah. they went through devolution. And it has Some actually county limited. Correct. Idea. So now you've got national, now you've got counties. Mm. We then further believe that when you remove the sphere uh, of uh, 
province, uh, provincial government, you must also then reduce the number of uh, local municipalities from 239 to under 60 in the mm-hmm. country. Mm-hmm. You don't need so many. So you, you can easily move and you can easily just take the, the, the districts that you have and form mm-hmm. uh, uh, a, 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 what's this now? Sorry, no, now I'm losing it. You can you can change it to uh, metropolitans gotcha. across the country about sixty gotcha. at different scale. I really think we need co- compact. We need better back to back municipalities, but compact and and scale. Mm-hmm. And we need to get really serious about how we develop those uh, areas. So we believe that alone will, will contribute to significant uh, re- reduction of wastage. But at the same time, you get to coordinate and plan better. And at the same time, there's more benefit. I mean, you need a sphere that works with the people directly. Mm-hmm. So effectively, when you remove the provincial sphere, you then need to de- do a devaluation uh, uh, properly to ensure that you you apportion what is national competence mm-hmm. and then what is local. So you'll have all of these 60 municipalities. We can actually build roads, look at, at clinics and, and police and a number of other things as well, closer to the people, which makes much more sense. We don't believe the number of population we have requires to have about 230, uh, uh, I mean, um, uh, uh, mayors who each on average have about two uh, uh, bodyguards. I mean, just imagine the amount of wastage that we have. And, and some people, I mean, a municipality just under 200 million already has a couple of bodyguards. Doesn't make sense. So, so I think with a better model, and for an example, Gauteng does not need more than uh, five municipalities in Gauteng. The two district municipalities need to become uh, um, uh, district. I mean, sorry, uh, uh, needs to be merged into uh, a, a metropole uh, type of approach, mm. which becomes much more economical and worsened by the fact that with uh, with uh, coalitions and instabilities, mm-hmm. imagine having 239 mm-hmm. coalitions in the country it's going to be messy. I really think the white paper need a, has not been uh, evaluated as it should to test the assumptions which were made initially and right now is the perfect time to be able to uh, change the, the, that and, and come up with something that's compact and it makes sense. Let's take a quick break and I'll look at your questions as they come through. I see some of you on Twitter already uh, and I'll also look at your voice notes as well on 0636 Point of view. Monday to Thursday, 8 to 10 p.m. Shiluba leader Bongani Bolo is here. He's, if you remember, the former Midval DA leader. He was a mayor there. And uh, I think it's also very interesting, uh, Mr. Baloi, because I listened to some of these um, positions that you are you're presenting to us as Shiluba. I mean, I know how you left the DA. But just as as uh, as an individual, the contrast is quite. It strikes me. Um, was it a personal journey? Absolutely. I often say that um, Ronaldo did not start off at Real Madrid. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's a journey. You you grow and and you keep questioning your reality uh-huh. and trying to to find yourself as a as a person. And then, I think for me, the the the, the biggest part has been. Being loyal to the journey mm-hmm. and question and, and being unashamed to question and find the uncomfortable answers, okay. and it had led me to a part to realize that the the my life thus far has been in phases, mm-hmm. and the DA phase was about learning governance more than anything else, and I'm forever grateful about that. But the next phase of my life is to learn the government part, but to follow my strong convictions mm-hmm. that uh, as you develop and as you grow as a young person. And remember when I got into politics, mm-hmm. I mean I was a very young person. 
became mayor at uh, at 26. Mm. So so you you grow through a lot and it, it takes you through a, a pace where I am today. Mm. And I'm really proud of that journey because and it's also been a very public journey. Yes. And 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 and, and I believe that many people don't actually know me. Mm. Uh, my character is only starting to come out, out mm. now because when I was mayor, I was clear that. Uh, I must be a public servant mm-hmm. and I must be very careful about things that I do so that helped me train how to manage and govern properly. Mm-hmm. And when you govern, it's not about your personality. Mm. It's about doing the very mundane thing the, all, the right way all the time and continuous and delivering. Mm. But now with my growth, I mean, it's public and people are, going, are experiencing that and very shocked with the positions I take now. But I think it's a perfect time for that to grow and display and follow my convictions as well. Why the distinction between a political party and a movement? I, I don't know what a movement is because ultimately, if you are a movement, you must still go and pers- you must still. For IEC, they they'll ask you, do you want to contest for power? Mm-hmm. And the categorization now is either you're a political party or you are a a independent. Those people who say I'm starting a movement, it's a it's a feel good thing that goes nowhere that ultimately becomes a political party. So I was very clear. We want to contest for power. How the best mechanism is to uh, be a political power. I mean, sorry, a political uh, party. So you contest for that. So it's not a movement thing. It's a political power. But I mean, sorry, a political party. But you know, that's what your website says, right? We we look. We we are a political party, mm-hmm. and it's a movement of people coming together. But as really Linda would it, we are a movement, and you confuse people. But Go we've been very clear. Go we've been very Go visit your page. Your, the, your page says, we are not a political party. We are a movement. Quite categorically so. That's why it struck me. But, um, I mean, I get I get the fact that you didn't write that yourself. So I understand that. Um, let, let's talk a little bit about some of the issues that I think for a lot of South Africans have been they've been thinking mm. about these the, the foreign policy issue mm. uh, we've we've been really in the thick of things right now with mm. uh, Gaza and Israel mm-hmm. um, and I think we are we are punching above our weight mm-hmm. quite a bit um, in in how we are as a country pre- pre- representing ourselves polit- politically internationally uh, diplomatically where we mm. stand what's your position Nishulubha? Well, firstly, we recognize that we are a sovereign uh, um, state mm-hmm. and we're not a colony of any uh, political, uh, sorry, of any um, country. Number three, we must define carefully our economic interest, mm-hmm. our national economic interest, mm-hmm. and the things that need to work aligned with our economic interest, whether it's human rights, mm-hmm. whether it's a number of things as well. So we're going to be defining really that very clearly. So when we act and move as a party towards the aspiration or the attainment of our interest, we are very clear about that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the geopolitical uh, space has also given birth to uh, big powers who believe they are untouchable and they can do whatever they want mm-hmm. and I think it's a, what's happening today is an interesting thing that we actually get to test your UN various uh, charters that have been signed and various statutes that have been signed and to test if indeed UN can regulate the world affairs between those who are small and those who are big mm-hmm. and I think uh, the Israel matter is a very interesting
one and we firmly on the side of the Palestinians and have been very consistent and clear in that regard that what's mm. happening there is genocide. So what will consolidate our position on, on foreign affairs will consolidate the things that I've mentioned but equally at the heart of it is our economic interest. Many people believe that we must choose between uh, United States and uh, in Asia and Eastern European and I don't believe we need to choose either. If we are South African we choose South African all the time. It's in our best interest to extract as much economic value from everybody as possible and do what is in the best interest of South Africa. And I would argue strongly and having read the document that the I think the United States signed in so far as reevaluating our relationship with them and then on a number of points we've taken, I really took serious affront with how when we make decisions on the things that matter to us for them they see that as us affecting their, their, their interest, their national interest. Well I mean I was going to say that, that actually oftentimes it's not you making the decision. Mm. It's it's the the other parties, yeah. especially as you were saying, you know, the yeah. bigger parties who implicitly expect you yeah. to make a call, you mm. know, either or. So so it's it's quite tricky because economic interest mm-hmm. sometimes has to be weighed up against your own values as a nation. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it can sit in isolation. Yeah, but it's it's a it's a, I mean. It, it's it's littered in contradic- contradictions. Yes. So we need to maintain those contradictions, but at the same time, what weakens our position and our interest is the the lack of strength of our military. Mm-hmm. So our military over the years have been, at, uh, I mean, it has lost its strength. Investment into even on technology in some of the key at uh, I mean air ground uh, planes has not been invested in to a point that we can adequately support our men and women who are serving the country outside mm-hmm. of the country in different deployments. So you are even weak in that regard. But at the same time, look at economic diplomacy. Uh, how we, have we effectively used economic diplomacy in Zimbabwe? in uh, Malawi, in SADC and other areas. I don't believe so. I really think we've been lexy-daisy and we've been pursuing... What, what, what would you be doing with Zimbabwe currency? Look at... Uh, many people say, okay, let's, let's just use the law and let's deport everybody. Mm-hmm. No, fine, given. We deport everybody, but they're going back to uh, Zimbabwe and they find the same issues that they find in. There's no unemployment in Zimbabwe and it affects the uh, livelihoods of the people. So they'll make a plan to come back to the country mm-hmm. one way or another. So I think our plan needs to be all-encompassing. It needs to deal with, one, how do we invest in Zimbabwe as an interest of ours? Mm-hmm. So we must look beyond just as we see things today, but say, actually, we it's cheaper to invest and create opportunities in Zimbabwe as well. Well, I mean, Zimbabweans would tell you it's, it, would, it would be great. You, mm. you could do that. But mm. Zimbabwe also is feels very strongly about mm. their sovereign as their sovereign position yeah. and and so you can invest all you like but you're not going to tell them how to conduct themselves no we're not and, speaking and, about voting and, and no 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 it, besides voting mm. you know you know the kind of issues that are mm. there so people do feel intimidated people mm. feel that they you know there's this they've got to be very clear about their mm. political position so these things are intertwined some of them are here mm. because of persecutions mm. and so Yes, invest all you like. That's not going to give you the right to dictate to Zimbabwe how they mm. they run because you know they're very steadfast Correct. on that. We we don't want to have determine what is right or wrong for mm. them. Mm-hmm. But what we do have an interest in is the fact that whatever happens in Zimbabwe manifests in deep slot directly. Mm. So 
so it is far cheaper creating an environment in Zimbabwe where people don't need to come to South Africa but they remain there as much as possible mm-hmm. and secondly we must change the culture of South Africans and actually leave the country and pursue aggressive investment in other parts of Africa and build solidarity around what we need to I think South Africans are extremely comfortable in remaining in South Africa mm-hmm. and not pursuing uh, opportunities outside of the country and elsewhere mm-hmm. and I really think that's one thing we need to change in ensuring that our people can go out of the country and go and pursue opportunities and benefit the country and and when we use the leverage of the country to go and invest in that area it primarily must benefit South Africans and Zimbabweans as well so there's value for us as well mm-hmm. so if you look at it carefully that you you if you just export I mean so not just export but uh, take people back home mass deportations they will come back now that what do we do then in the country to ensure that you you don't create an incentive for people to come here mm-hmm. so you need to uh, reconsider how you charge foreigners in terms of uh, uh, hospital mm-hmm. when they go to hospital how much they are charged as a school how much they are charged in South Africa so I really think you can increase the cost in those regards to ensure that they pay a higher premium than South Africans and insurance as well must be standard because if you're the kind if you travel anywhere in the world you buy, you buy insurance that you don't become a burden in those countries but by the very nature, mm-hmm. an illegal immigrant is exactly that, illegal, Correct. and is not going mm. to tell you that I'm an illegal immigrant. Mm. So you have many who are run, running around with mm. South African bar-coded ID. Who are going to vote. And so that would not mitigate that problem because mm. when they arrive at school, they are bongan baloi. Yeah. And, you know, Bongani mm. will be charged the same as anybody else because mm. that's the ID. You can say mm. what you want. They mm. have that ID and so it stays. Yeah, that, that's why we argue strongly that it can't just be one thing. Mm. It must be a, a number of op- things that you, you use to respond to the mm. situation that you have. Mm. So it's a combination of enforcing our laws, mm. uh, increasing what they pay, uh, contribute towards our social infrastructure mm. and equally what you invest in Zimbabwe as well. So you must create an ecosystem where you're doing a multiple things. And I think one of the things SADC has been really bad with, they have not created a common system or a platform where you can register residents of a country. Yeah. So you can be able to check quickly if whether mm. and using the same platform. Mm. So SADC has been really bad. I think it's been chaotic and it's as a consequence of the leader, old leadership. You know, there's, there's, there's something interesting happening. The capacity of old leadership is coming to an end. All the things that they thought about uh, have been proven to be dysfunctional. Mm. And, and that's why you need a younger leader uh, leadership that's able to think differently about these things and come up with the creative solutions to deal with these things. But when you speak of SADC, I still don't know diplomatically how you would manage SADC issues because mm. when you look at what's happening in Eswatini, when you look at what is happening, Mozambique is mm. interesting. I mean, right now, lots of issues happening in Mozambique. Um, their own issues which are creeping in mm. uh, here, you know, um, in a scary way. Mm. Um, you look at what's happening in Lesotho, well, yes, mm. new government, but Yes, you know there's a there are a lot of there's a lot of migration into this country yeah. uh, for for work. Zimbabwe being a case in point. Mm. So diplomatically, how would you manage what seems to be, of course, an influx of these ascetic citizens over mm. here? Because for whatever reason, because these reasons are different, mm. you know, we are not managing our mm. relations with our neighbours properly. Mm. That doesn't affect us adversely. Mm. No, no, absolutely. Never mind our neighbors. We're not managing our soil. We're protecting our, the integrity of our sovereignty. So, so our borders are not meant. 
Mm. And we all know the challenges of our borders being unmanned. And number two, we also know the challenge of home affairs uh, and the criminality there that's giving people uh, a legitimate right in inverted commas to be South Africans when they should not be. And and so if we can manage our internal issues at the same time while managing the foreign issues, I think we'll get it right and get to to to, to uh, some progress essentially. Because the hard line of just saying deporting is not going to work mm. at all. You'll do it once, but you can't keep it up. It's going to be very expensive over a period of time. Mm. We we have interesting thoughts around Swatini and mm-hmm. uh, Swaziland. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, Swatini and Lesotho. Mm-hmm. In, 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 in specific Lesotho. Mm-hmm. For it does not make sense to us that Lesotho is a sovereign state. Interesting. So we firmly believe that we should have uh, prop, uh, some difficult conversations with Lesotho mm. and integration into South Africa. South of Lesotho will tell you they want to have difficult conversations with us because they want a big piece of what South Africa has taken away I from I think them. integration is so, important into, so the, into South Africa. It will be a tough, it will be an interesting I mean, one. I mean, how think is water from Lesotho? Mm-hmm. If they decide to close uh, just water, we are in trouble. Mm. So, and, and in any case it's landlocked mm. so 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 absolutely. much as they might have absolutely. so i really think p- for part of us is going to be interesting because we're going to pursue we're going to scratch where where angels uh, mm-hmm. uh fail to go into mm. because the way we look at the future there has to be a real conversation with the people of this and what would you do with eswatini same thing <laughs> there is no way <laughs> this is what we believe there is no way you're going to get that conversation happen easily and they were they're going to throw it right back at you they're going to say is it not you who believes in makosi and you're coming here telling us you know we must be integrated i mean you know there's a contradiction there the integration into South Africa. That, there that's our there point is of no way. So, so when they look at your what, what you're proposing, they're mm. going to say, we are exactly what he's been proposing. Why would you want to change that if this is the, the model, if this is what we are supposed to look like according to, to who they are? According to who they are, uh, look at the borders of uh, uh, Swatin. And, and you actually find there's no borders in some places. Divided by a street. True. And different families across the board. So, so we we generally believe we need to pursue that that uh, opportunity. Uh, for first, we are we are quite clear about these two <laughs> specifically. So, so we we don't have any reservations about not pursuing that if it makes yes. people uncomfortable. Sure. And we are quite clear because we are shaping the new future. Mm-hmm. Uh, what has what has been reality today has not helped the people in these areas in South Africa and, and those areas. So we need to develop. But 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 in reality, this is exactly the point. You were speaking about Amakosi and mm. giving them power. Correct. They're going to say, well, we are exactly what he's talking about. Mm. And now you want to strip our power away to integrate us into South Africa. Explain that to us now. No, I think there's a benefit. If you come into, there's a, there's a claim by Eswatin, um, that I think their land extends uh, deep into Mpumalang. Mm-hmm. Yes. So there is a claim. Yes. And there's Abu Masego as well, who yes. are saying historically before yes. Sopuza the second, if I'm not mistaken, it was us before Gwenzegeinteinning. But mm-hmm. I really think through a process, we can have a conversation. The difficulty, let me tell you what the real difficulty, the people will want to integrate. Yes. With, with both both sides, Lesotho and, and Eswatini, the people who will fight this tooth and hard are those who are the current beneficiaries who hold the absolute power. Of course. And and that absolute power is not good for for our country because ultimately, when more than half of the people are in our country and have run away from their own countries, 
may bear the responsibility of it. And as we bear the responsibility of it, we must also bear the responsibility to honestly and bravely craft a new future which integrates this. So we're not going to run away from it. Sure. So, so, so in the world stage, we've spoken briefly about what's happening in Israel and in Gaza. Mm. And your position with that is that you, I just want to marry what you said yeah. earlier about um, South Africa's economic interests yeah. first. Mm. And and how you know obviously the contradictions there and, mm. and the, that's diplomacy you've mm. got to manage it and balance it out. Your position on how we handled um, this particular case and obviously mm. going to the ICJ. Yeah. Um, how how do you how do you feel about that? I think it was it it was a a, a move we support. Mm-hmm. And, and remember, it's not as if South Africa declared war. Instead, it utilized the international mechanisms sure. to, to, to refer a matter to the International yeah. Just, uh, Court of Justice yeah. for it to be adjudicated properly, which is the right thing to do. Now, what is interesting is that there's an interim ruling. Mm-hmm. And now we get to test if this ICJ really has teeth mm-hmm. and enforceability. So for the world, we see fit. We must test these things mm-hmm. because we can't be told that some can and some cannot and some mm-hmm. have exclusive uh, power to protect themselves and do as they want and others do not have. Mm. And, I, and I really think it's quite important. Well, the ICJ has also just told us now they're not going to extend the, you know, the uh, provisions. Absolutely. They, they saw. absolutely. But ultimately, I think yeah. it's been a good test yeah. for, for, for us to utilize those, those platforms. Mm. And sorry, what has been also interesting is how the West has been, has responded to this mm. and how it in, how when we act unilaterally mm independently as a sovereign state to pursue causes like this they see us acting against their interest so then how would Shuloba decide which battle to go for mm. how would you d- there are many problems there are mm. many there are many issues we can stand up and say mm. well this is the western sahara there are many many mm. many many issues around the world mm. how, how would you decide which mm. one would demand and command your attention globally that's a very interesting one because at any given point in time there's conflict throughout Absolutely. the world everywhere and obviously w- what do we do and and i think in this case there's been a history of uh, uh, the con- the solid- solidarity mm-hmm. with the people of palestine and israel mm-hmm. so i think in this case it 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 it's understandable because of the international sol- solidarity over the years mm-hmm. but i think in future it's a number of things i think it's about our economic interest and human rights uh, uh primarily that we, we believe because we can't just be the international arbiter for everybody mm. and running after every single conflict that mm. we, we, we we're dealing with. So I think there would be a discretion from South Africa's side according to our interests and a number of key evaluation criteria that need to be determined about how we move in this case. Mm. And the interesting part about the diplomacy, there's also proxy wars. Mm-hmm. And, Absolutely. And, and what we see on of the course, face of this is, of is what we see. Of course. So, so we need to be able to, to it's discern. So, it's, it's so evident with Israel and, and, and who, who aligns with them. These are mm. proxy wars, yes. Absolutely. So, but out, the, the, the best departure for foreign policy is to strengthen your own country. Then you've got the leverage. Would take a long time. You, which, you, is unnes- you would, which is necessary. <laughs> you would you would appreciate mm. we are a long, long way. But it can be done. I, I really think that what what uh, what makes it difficult for us to imagine a life outside of the current ruling party and its inabilities is is the fact that the bar is so low, man. You know, it's so low. We 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 believe in people who who say the standard is apartheid thirty years later. 
and apartheid was a crime against humanity and we believe we accept that the biggest measure must be against apartheid which is not the case so we must measure against the best of ourselves and i, I generally believe that uh, a one term w- w- without the current administration would see a lot of things starting to shape up and point towards the right direction with many challenges obviously but but i think the best of us can make the differences you believe you're going to be in cabinet the chances are that you're going to have to work with others mm. And um, who would you align with? So when we launch our manifesto, it's going to be quite obvious because of what we believe in. Mm. When eventually do, it will crystallize who we can work with and what is a, a bound or what is a compromise uh, that we can accept, what isn't a compromise we can accept. And that's why we're so hesitant with many people inviting us and trying to co-opt us in different uh, associations. We said, no, we want to define ourselves first and be clear about what we stand for, what our offer is. And when we get to the point where South Africans believe we've got uh, we're legitimate authentic and they will vote for us then we can have conversation but we can't now as a a point of departure then go to the freedom front as an example Mm -hmm. i mean it's a strange anomaly as Mm -hmm. an example because we don't believe in the same things Mm -hmm. so so i I will be will be guarded Mm -hmm. no and it's so strange (laughs) i mean they invited us just two weeks of announcing are you surprised though i'm not surprised because they know what they're the likes of the ifp there so 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 ideology in my view mm. doesn't necessarily mm. uh define who they are i'm not quite sure actually who de- what defines them but what i'm saying is that mm. it does seem like a very broad church it does and the problem many people frame this conversation to say are you committed to unseat the in ANC? fact i know what defines them Mm. They just don't want to be the ANC. They, they want to fight against it. In fact, they told us. They told us this. If for, for me, uh, that's where I've got a problem. Yeah. We, we don't exist because we want to remove the ANC. Mm. We exist to contest for power. Because if the ANC loses majority and they lose government, so you've reached your purpose, so close down and continue. Mm. So we exist to contest for political power, to do what with political power, to deliver uh, the type of uh, so, social society that we want to craft and co-create that represents who we are. So we're very clear. So it just becomes incidental that we must uh, erode the NC's base, the DA's base, and all the other people. It's just incidental. But we, we, we do not set out and say, how do we kill the NC? That's not mm. the, the biggest thing. I think that's very limiting and short-sighted mm. because then you don't think hard and long about when you get power, what are you going to do? Mm. Which is very important. Okay, let's take a quick break and we'll be back with more questions. My guest is Bongan Baloy. He's here as a representative, as a leader of Shiloba. Point of View, Monday to Thursday, 8 to 10 p.m. Thanks for calling and thank you so much for staying with us. I'm going to start taking those calls now and I'm also going to look at your Twitter feed. Um, you've tagged us here. Thank you very much for all of this. Okay, let's start here. Uh, my guest is Bongani Baloye, Shulwa leader. Um, let's start with Wendy Isaac, who is on Twitter, who says, just two questions, I'll break it down. Uh, she says, your letter dated 25th Feb on X on inequality makes no mention of race-based economic inequality in South Africa. Mm. Okay, then the, the the second point she mentions, or she, I'll get to the second point. you want to comment on that? We, we don't deny the fact that race plays a big role in inequality and poverty. 
the point we're making is the fact that inequalities still persist even after the 30 years of misgovernance uh, of the ANC. So we don't deny that at all. It's something that we accept and we believe that when we um, launch our manifesto, we'll, pro- we'll give our alternative of broad-based black economic empower, an alternative to that, mm. that looks at redress mm-hmm. and uh, it looks at how do you uh, cre- um, how do you ensure that from the bottom you create uh, opportunities for many people to contest in the economy, mm-hmm. but at the same time, how do we drive uh, the increase of production in the economy and how to ensure that when you're looking at uh, government um, uh, uh, commodities, uh, because when I was in Midvale, I remember doing a study of the commodities we purchase as a small mm-hmm. municipality, and I discovered that you can actually fuel uh, manufacturing in key communities. And if you produce locally and ensure that it's, mm. it comes from the community, the municipality buys. So we, we also need to review some of our procurement laws to enable uh, fueling of the of industries. So we've got a few exciting opportunities around what mm. we do for redress and how to expand what the current law has done to actually get to a stage where we really empower uh, black people. Okay, I'll get to your other questions, Wendy. Let me just quickly go to Dada Salbi. Good evening and welcome. Hi, Pamela. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm blessed beyond measure. Mr. Baloy, how are you there? Well and, and, and uh, great in yourself. Ah, I'm always bubbling, Mr. <laughs> I need your energy. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Dr. Uh, uh, Mr. Baloy, I want to according to the look of things, the only problem that we are facing, the great problem, not the only one, the big problem that you are facing in South Africa is corruption. Mm. Now, I want to know how are you going to make sure that you bring it to the low level? I can't say you do away mm. with it. And now, the other question, if ANC, if you might find yourself being a missing, a missing uh, person uh, between ANC and TA, for them to uh, take over the government after the elections. Who can you choose and why? Thank you. I address this one. Thank you, Tadasalvi. <laughs> Okay, the, 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 let me do the last question. Obviously, I did mention that uh, after our manifesto is released uh, and... The I, can, I can tell you for free, there is no way Helen Zeta is going to be friends with you. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't have enemies and that's a bit of starting afresh. I don't have any enemies. I haven't inherited anyone's enemies and I, I have not met any enemies and I don't have friends either. So it's just neutral. So you're open to discussions? Once we get there, we'll Mm -hmm. be able to apply our minds carefully. And then the the question around corruption, there's lack of consequence management in the country. In local government, I realize that uh, we actually encourage uh, people who... uh, uh, spend in, in, in fruitless, irregular and wasteful expenditure. Mm-hmm. So what we need to do, we need to have some amendments in the laws where it's, it becomes automatic that if you uh, engage as a municipal official, rather as a head, as a municipal uh, municipal manager and very key, key position, if your department has engaged in a regular and fruitless and wasteful expenditure, it should be automatic termination of employment. Mm-hmm. So you see, what you need to do, the, 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 the deterrent of allowing this is not strong enough mm-hmm. because someone can do it and they know that once they've done it all they do now is now co-opt politicians mm. 
to be part of this 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 corruption so so you need to deal thoroughly with that and anyone who's found to have been uh, involved in corruption must be banned from participating in, in or being employed in or actually doing business with the state mm-hmm. so once you do those clear things people will start to understand that things have changed but human beings are strange creatures because they'll always try and adapt and find uh, interesting ways of continuing with what they're doing for self-gain but I think the most important thing is to strengthen economic uh, sorry strengthen uh, consequence management which is minimal. It's rare. I mean, in Swane, people died from uh, cholera not too long ago, and not even the technical director or the head of water has been disciplined. Nothing happened, and people have really lo- lost their lives. Mm. So, so it's, it's those things that say to us, there's no real will Mm. For for consequence management, mm. and once you you introduce the element of consequence management in a decisive way, there's, there's real consequences. We'll see a difference. Okay, let me go quickly to um, the other questions. Wendy's asking. So, Wendy says, "Well, it's interesting point. Re strong military. Why, uh, considering negative impacts of militarization? Mil- militaris- militarization is military is very important for the country because you need know, to ensure your integrity of your sovereignty." Number two, if you can't defend yourself, you are in trouble. Uh, and, and, and unfortunately, there's no democracy that is reducing its investment in military in the type of world we find ourselves in. And more so where we are positioned uh, in from a, a location point of view with so much challenges around us. Because if we don't protect our country and become proactive, we're going to find ourselves in a very difficult positions with things that will manifest in the country. Mm. So we don't live in a world where it's about good and, and, and all niceties. It's a world where real dangers exist and we must protect ourselves as a country. And another question says, considering negative, okay, uh, lots of talk about traditional leaders. What are your views on women's rights protections generally and in particular context? No movement should be silent on race and women in South Africa. No, absolutely. We believe that uh, all of us must be treated equally and women must not be underprivileged uh, and limited uh, to move, to live where they want and access to land. And no no one goes must say, because our shutdown, you can have this, you can have that. I mean, they must be adequately protected. And that's why we believe that part of the, the problem with culture today is the fact that no one has actually uh, updated or no one has, has actually thought in the time and space we live, our, uh, we live in, is this still relevant? So we still use archaic things that don't make any sense in the time and space we find ourselves in. So that's why we're saying whether the party is actually going to intervene. One of the things we're going to intervene in is this thing of 11 cows on your payload ball. That thing is daylight robbery because that thing was 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 decided by some fellow called Mr. Potts Shepstein. Uh, and now all of us, we, can, we must now see a global income is 11 and we are being robbed all the time. So, so it's simple things like that, but that, affect, that affect every man, every young man who plans on having a family because you're being forced into poverty. Now you must budget to go and marry someone more 80,000. And that's a very important thing. You've so, got a so, lot of work to do because a cult, so-called cultural custodians mm. have decided to appropriate things that sometimes have nothing to do with the so-called culture and it's going to be diff- it's going to be a, a big battle for you to undo some of these things that people have used for whatever reason and have decided to adopt as culture and some as you know disenfranchise others uh, for for their gain mm-hmm. and and th- and that's why we we we, we saw that our task is a difficult one. We we need to ruffle the feathers mm. <laughs> because these things are killing us. And if we are not the ones to ruffle the feathers and reframe the conversation and get around the table and negotiate, 
then no one's going to do so. So as difficult as it is, it's our task to actually look within ourselves as black people and say, these things don't make sense any longer. Mm-hmm. Here and here and here. So go but it's not culture. This is, is habit. <laughs> so here is one, um, another question is, uh, please deal with the issue of foreign policy, new BRICS members and uh, African Union Free Trade Act. Oh, absolutely. African Union Free Trade uh, is something that we firmly believe in. And remember, um, when we look, when we think investing in Africa, we must remember the resource richness of, of the country and how we can uh, ensure that we drive this investment along resources, developing a human capacity and potential, but equally how to ensure that there's beneficiation of all these things. And that's why you've got such a battle in the DRC. It's, our, it's around resources of the DRC. Mm-hmm. Northern part of Mozambique is about gas mm-hmm. uh, and, and different other parts as well. Mm-hmm. So we must really get in the strong and hard and that's why you need military to enforce these things because SADC cannot do so. So South Africa in my view over the next uh, few decades is going to play an even increasingly role in protecting, ensuring law and order and, and, and really driving the common interest utilizing the military in SADC primarily. Okay, so you just called out the DA about the issues on um, on uh, cater deployment. Yes. Your position on cater deployment. Cater deployment. You see, we must firstly be honest about cater deployment. Mm-hmm. Number two, we we support cater deployment. Let me tell you from where mm-hmm. we believe that uh, one must create a a a one must create a a solid uh, group of individuals who are currently within the state who who have served the state and have got capacity for the state, and draw from that pool for strategic development. Mm-hmm. You see. Cater development or cater deployment must have a a a, a justification of past performance, mm-hmm. and for people who don't need to apply in government, but people who are moved from one position to the next position because of performance. So we really believe in our understanding when we think cater deployment as a as we're defining it in our party is that is a, is is looking at those who have performed in government who still perform who we believe are, are assets to to the South African government, and we must constantly constantly redeploy them to areas to serve, but at the same time increase our pool over a period of time. So you have seasoned people who will serve the state who understands the state and you blend in young people into that as well to keep that uh, refreshing of the of your pool that you have. So in that frame we believe it because in the current frame that it, it has, has, how do you judge of uh, the cater deployment beyond just the transformation and having more black people who are in those positions? You judge the state on a substance which is output. So if indicators are saying from water, electricity, the output is going down. So it's certainly it might also mean that your people that you've deployed in those positions are the worst people because it's not translated into good management and financial management uh, and all the solid output as well. Mm-hmm. So we believe that done in the dark, it's wrong. We must be clear. People must know that these are people who have been earmarked, who are being developed by the country to go through a program so to lead and carry out the mission for the country. Uh, lastly, your energy policy. Energy policy uh, predominantly is going to uh, um, um, is going to focus on um, on coal. Mm-hmm. We believe coal uh, will keep feeding our our, our base load, as people have, prom- have have actually demonstrated that you can't have any other technology except for coal and nuclear outside that feeds your base uh, base load. And we believe we need to invest in nuclear as well. And we believe we need to move much more aggressive in 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 solar in households. 
and uh, specifically because if we do so we are able to release energy for economic growth over a period of time and ensure that the households uh, start changing uh, you know when you get nothing currently now and people have roofs all over the place and you're thinking but you are indigent you've got your roof this roof could be utilized to harness this technology you get your technology in your home utilizing solar and we can extract that and put back into the grid as well so those things are very possible we believe uh, um, the the IPP should rather be at households and we free up the the base load towards industrial growth well let's talk again uh, maybe after your uh, launch manifesto launch uh, populated let's see what comes out of that thank you so much for making time for us if you missed it live Catch the broadcast on kaya959.co.za.